Let's Teach Rambling Verser, episode 33, Believe Your Characters. Well, hello there and welcome to this week's episode of Story Institute's Rambling Verser. We're glad that you joined us again this week and we apologize for any delay in getting out this podcast. Uh, so this week, we want to delve a little bit more into your belief of your characters. Now, we've covered writing believable characters and what it takes for you as an author to kind of getting engaged in, in writing them. But really that first interaction that any reader has is is how much belief you have in your ability to translate what goes on in your mind for these characters to what your readers want to hear. Now, we're not going to rehash some of the things that we did uh, last, last episode, but what we will do is actually provide you with some additional resources and even delve into some poems that may help us connect with this believability. The quote of the week comes to us from Edith Hamilton. Faith is not belief. Belief is passive. Faith is active. While we're not going to get too much into the religious aspects of this quote here, we'll kind of mention that this, how this connects to, to your writing. And, and faith in your characters is, is really that, that next level that you have after believing uh, what they do and who, what they're about. As you start a story, your faith will drive you to the end in that the story is worth telling, that it has, it has a new meaning and it has a deeper meaning, not only for you, but for the characters you're, you're putting down on paper. When I thought of this topic for this week's show, um, I, I remember a story by uh, Luigi Perindello. Uh, it was actually six characters in search of an author, and it's it's actually a play that uh, met to kind of mixed reviews when it first opened. The concept, though, kind of intrigued me. What what if we had a bunch of characters that that were really searching, were really striving to get uh, to get to know to get to know an author better? What if we had a place, even at Story Institute or some other site, that characters just hung out? Um, and that's that's been a concept tossing around in my mind since since probably high school, uh, which has been a little while ago now. But what if that place existed? And that place does exist for most authors, and that's actually within within our own minds. There are characters, and much more than six, that are just waiting for us to pick them out and say, you know, I, I need you as part of this story now. Can you help me out here? And, and while, you know, in reality it's coming from us, uh, it, it really is important to listen to what they have to say, to connect to their inner being so that the story comes out. Uh, the, the setting uh, will be wrapped around the story those characters have to tell. But, you know, that character can be anyone from, uh, from the person on the bus that you sat next to on their way to work or it could be uh, the person across the counter helping you, uh, helping you get your lunch for the afternoon. Either way, ask yourself who these characters are and how, and how you can make them not only believable, but you can have faith that their story will be coming through you uh, onto the page and connect with other characters 
that are a part of your story. For the poem of the week, uh, we're going to take a look at The Computation by John Donne. For my first twenty years, since yesterday, I scarce believe thou couldst be gone away. For forty more I fed on favors past, and forty on hopes that thou wouldst thy might last. Tears down one hundred, and sighs blew out two. A thousand I did neither think nor do, or not divide, all being one thought of you. Or in a thousand more forgot that two, yet call not this long life, but think that I am, by being dead, immortal. Can ghosts die? I pulled this poem out not only because I really do enjoy John Donne, but because uh, this really gets to part of that faith piece, that that belief not only in your characters coming out, uh, but faith that that their story is something that will last uh, past the, the the words that you put down on, on paper. And you know, even with D- Donne here, you know, can ghosts die? You know, as we look at some of the the topics and the books and the poems and the short stories that that kids and and even uh, college students are reading these days, the ghost of Dunn and Shakespeare and Wordsworth um, may be fading uh, because sometimes uh, people may not read uh, those works or they read them and don't don't think that they apply to their lives. So the ghost here, uh, maybe not necessarily what Dunn intended, but the ghost here for writers is that while our works may last past the time that, that we do, uh, they eventually may fade themselves. And and this is where that power of belief, that power of faith, uh, kind of transcends the writing and the power of the author. Uh, if we believe, if we put enough effort on the page to make those believable characters, our readers will have the faith that uh, the characters were larger than life and will stick around a lot longer uh, than ever expected. Uh, those poems were around uh, when I went to school, and most are most of the, you know Shakespeare is still around today. However, Shakespeare is even being turned to uh, to modern interpretation because uh, the words are different, or the uh, or the uh, the rhythm is different than how we speak today. Uh, a ghost is slowly fading, and that faith in those characters that that once were the source of many inspirational uh, inspirational works and words are disappearing. So as you listen to these podcasts that come out every week or so, uh, you may be asking why I continually choose um, less modern works. Well, there's two reasons. The first is 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 really about copyright. It, it's sometimes challenging to get approval to read or to reprint some of the, the, the more contemporary works. The second is actually deeper for me. It stems back to making sure that the characters are believable enough that I have faith in them uh, to to share them with an audience that that may not uh, may not remember or may not um, know what to do with those characters anymore. So with this with this poem by Dunn, the writing prompt for from a poetry side today is to delve into what's called a dialogue poem and. As I was searching for for other resources today, there's there's some good uh, good articles 
out on the web on, on writing dialogue poems. And one is by uh, Jacqueline Thomas. Uh, it's on eHow, and there will be a, a link in the show notes for it. But it's eHow.com slash how underscore 5089536 underscore write hyphen dialogue hyphen poem dot html. So read the article first, and then go ahead and take a stab at, at writing a dialogue poem using Dunn's poem, The Computation. How, how many years does he have to wait? How, how much time do we invest? And really take it from the viewpoint of Dunn as the writer, not done as the lover, not done as the as the changed individual, not done as the uh, as the poet calling calling up the last judgment, but really done as the writer as he tries to connect with those who uh, who believe him to be a ghost at this point. You know the other uh, poem that comes to mind is is much shorter than Dunn's. Uh, to, to kind of help with this dialogue, with this belief piece, is, is by William Blake. It's called Eternity. He who binds to himself a joy does the winged life destroy, but he who kisses the joy as it flies lives in eternity's sunrise. When you write your characters, really think about those words from Blake. And, and delve into some of the imagery that Dunn, uh, that Dunn makes. You know, much of today's literature is just about, he does this, this action happens, and then it's over. We miss some of the characters, the, the character uh, within, uh, within ourselves that helps drive those believability senses uh, to our readers. Uh, it just becomes more of an escape, more of a formula. This is not necessarily what writers are meant to do, but uh, they pull out those emotions. And as a writer, uh, hopefully you're pulling out some of those emotions. Well, that sounds means we're at the end of the episode. Uh, but before we go, we have two short story topics of the week since we focus mostly on, on poetry and, and building in that believability there. The first one is Pet Turtles Are Funny. Pets are wonderful for teaching children responsibility. What better way to teach a boy the responsibility of a pet than with a turtle? That is what the eight-year-old boy thought. That is until he met the turtle. The creature dis- disappears inside its shell every time the boy gets near. The boy's sister sits and stares at the reptile for what seems like hours. It appears as it appears to dance, bob its head in and out to the rhythm of music, and go for a swim at random moments. When the boy passes, the turtle freezes and collapses inside its shell. Describe the boy's feelings. Describe the steps the boy would like, would take to literally pull the creature out of its shell. Describe how the sister acts. Describe the turtle. What makes it special? Why does it stay in its shell? Is it just an ordinary turtle? Or is it something a little more exciting, more imaginative? Decide in a path, decide in a story, and write. Post it at storyinstitute.com or share it elsewhere, but write and enjoy. A small aside here before we move into the next topic as the rain inundated Nashville uh, with so much water that our streets are flooded and uh, and the ground has much more moisture than it ever needed. Uh, we saw a baby turtle uh, in our driveway this weekend, and while the kids wanted to keep it, 
as, uh, as adults, we didn't necessarily want to, to, to deal with, with some of the additional responsibilities ourselves. Uh, so we made sure that it was safe and sound in the backyard. The kids were hoping that it was there uh, when we came home from the store, uh, but, uh, but the turtle made its own getaway. Uh, so now, uh, on to the next short story topic. It's called Flower Power. Picking the right flower can make or break a relationship. Do you get the red ones, the pink ones, the white ones, the roses, the tulips, the brightly colored, always in bloom ones? Wait, those might be plastic. They might be, but as you pass the store, you are drawn in by the beauty, the fragrance, and the allure of, ra- of a rather unique petal-filled vase. Something about these flowers says, look at me, smell me, buy me. What happens after you go into the store? What happens if you bring the flowers home to your significant other? What happens as you share in the moment together? Decide on the interaction between people and the flower. Decide on the interaction between people and each other after interacting with the budding entity. Decide on the happenstance that erupts in the life of the first person to see the flower. Decide on the path, decide in the story, and write. Post it at storyinstitute.com or share it elsewhere, but write and enjoy. Well, that about does it for this week's episode of Story Institute's Rambling Verser. If you have any comments or would like to share any insight or even your own stories, visit us at storyinstitute.com. Send us an email to ramblingverser at storyinstitute.com. Give us a call at 615-431-RIT. That's 9748. Or uh, just stop by our forums and and, uh, post a couple things there. Uh, We're always looking for new authors to talk to, have conversations with, and uh, and get them as part part of this podcast series. So uh, write in. Give us a call or just send us a note. Uh, We'll be glad to hear from you. In the meantime, remember to imagine, enhance, and grow your stories.